0: Liberty's leave policy was tremendous. Having the ability to take 16 weeks off fully paid to bond with my child was an incredible experience.
1: At Liberty Mutual, you can find a career that supports you at every step, even baby steps. We offer up to 16 weeks parental leave for new moms and dads. And because not everyone's pathway to parenthood looks the same, we offer robust fertility, surrogacy, and adoption benefits, too. Learn more at LibertyMutualCareers.com and pursue your tomorrow today.
3: It's everything you need—a podcast—in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. Follow to deep right.
0: He's tied to the game. Watch out! Follows hot again. One word: special.
1: this is john sadak tv voice of the cincinnati reds and you're up for late night reds talk what is going on
0: everybody it is wednesday night and you know what that means another fantastic episode of oh my god (laughs) late night reds (laughs) talk live here on youtube with you beautiful people i am tim daniel i'm in much better spirits after last week's episode where we saw yet another meltdown. And so we're going to, I can't, I'm trying. I'm trying so hard. <laughs> we have a lot of topics to discuss today as a lot of shit's happened apparently. Um, so we're gonna go ahead and introduce our panel. Um, of course, starting with Red Leg Nation's uh, writer himself, Nick Kirby.
3: Oh, what's going on, guys? <laughs>
0: Also, joining us for Big League Pitcher, as always, Mr. Carlos Guevara. What up? Uh, and this week joining us, you can check him out with the Red Alert podcast and with his beautiful sign that he has there today um, for his protest, which I appreciate. Uh, this is Mr. Stephen Offenbaker. How are you, sir? Welcome to the show.
2: Aloha. How's everybody doing? I got my got my sign there. Okay. Great to be here. Thanks for having me, guys.
0: Tim,
3: do you you want to explain what that is since a lot of people will be listening to this in podcast form and not be
0: able to see? So Steve started the show with a sign that said, sell the team, Bob. And it was on big, beautiful white poster board with big black Sharpie. So I'm sure this will be in the clip that Nick does when when he promos the show for us tomorrow. You'll see it. But yes, Steve is not hiding his feelings at all whatsoever about that um and man, beautiful beautiful
3: handwriting beautiful handwriting. you know I, that, that,
2: that really taxed my artistic ability i want to tell you that was about the top end of my uh my artistic design right there
0: yeah well i liked it and it's it's a, definitely a hashtag that's picking up some momentum in the past few days um so we'll about, definitely be on the agenda today so steve You know, we talk about this week in a week out. Obviously, you're a Reds podcaster as well, so you understand the ins and outs of talking about this ball club. In your eyes, when you watch what happened, what in your eyes, what the hell happened to this team? You know, from the end of July to where we're at now.
2: You know, injuries happened. I think is a big part of what really happened. Just, just, just the difference that Jesse Winker being in this lineup and not being in this lineup made for this team is just a huge deal. But I mean, you have to you have to if you want to look at the big picture of this season, there's a large portion of this season where this team really got by with smoke and mirrors while they were trying to to get everybody going at the same time or trying to overcome injuries. It was just one injury right after another. And and they just managed to scrap and stay around. And I think, you know, honestly, you know, their luck ran out. And I think it just ran out at the most inopportune time. Uh, being at the same time that the, the Cardinals and I guess what we're calling their devil magic now has has gotten them going and gotten them into a position where they're you know they're going to get that second wild card and it's unfortunate uh, because this Reds team has been so much fun and there's been so many great storylines with this team uh, but at the end of it all anybody is ever going to remember is that they collapsed in September and that's really unfortunate and it's really unfair but it's also the reality of the situation.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, that's, it sucks, like you said, like, especially with, you know, the years we got from, like you said, Jesse Winker, Nick Castellanos, Joey Votto, Jonathan India, Tyler Stevenson, Tucker Barnhart hit well, it just felt like, you know, something was finally going the way of the Reds, and we just went through all this, we're like year in and year out, we would have these teams, like the 2014 team was super good going into the break and then fell apart. And we've seen that year and we've seen that many a times. And it felt like this was going to be the team that finally didn't do that. It felt like coming off last year where they've made that run to get into the playoffs, we might see that again. And obviously it's the polar opposite.
2: Yeah, it's 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 really sad to to think that all of those names you just mentioned. I mean, I mean, really, there's there's those of us, me included, I mean, I, I've never been shy about my love for Joseph Daniel Vado. I, I right. just have never doubted that guy. And even I on my best day would have not predicted what he did this year. And it's just, there's so many special things that happened that I feel like, you know, are going to end up being considered squandered this year with what's ultimately happened now. And, and there's a lot of blame to go around for that. And I'm sure we'll get into some of it, but uh, it, you know, it, it's just really unfortunate, I think.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, th- this team was projected preseason by fan to win 79 games. You know, I think a lot of us were a little more optimistic than that. Um, you know, I think I said 87 preseason split the difference. That's pretty much exactly where the Reds are probably going to end up. Yeah. Um, and, and this team, you know, they have a 513 winning percentage overall, but they have never played like that team all year. Like April, 480. May, 444. June, 556. July, 615. August, 571. September, 363. So, the team was never as good as it was at its best and they were never as bad as as they are at their worst. Um, And and, I mean, definitely the, the big, the the big gut punch was Winker. Um, You know, that I, I I mean, I don't, I, I don't think the Reds probably would still have control of like their own destiny, but it would be really close, I think. And then I think Naquin was the, the, the the last blow, you know, really, really for this team. Um, he had a great year and, and he's a really good hitter against right-handed pitching. And you've, I mean, Delano DeShields has replaced Naquin and, yeah. you know, that's, that's what, you know, I think is, you know, it all kind of, there's been so many things that have, have, have so many little pieces that have added up to where the Reds are. Um, but I think that kind of probably ended the Reds' chances.
1: You know, you talking about um, Naquin, I, I listened to uh, Steve in your uh, podcast whenever he had you on a couple of weeks ago. And you were, Nick, you were talking about how good season Naquin's having and how he hasn't been injured. Appreciate it.
3: <laughs> I knocked <laughs> on wood. Okay. On. And you know what? This injury was not his fault <laughs> at all. Not his fault at all. It's not like he, hey. you know, wasn't durable. He got taken hey. out.
1: Hey, hey, Reds Nation, appreciate. Thank you, Nick.
3: <laughs> ay, ay, ay. If anything yeah. I brought him here, I brought him here.
0: You, uh, you rowdy to Lesdom as I did.
3: Oh no, come on.
0: Oh, poor yeah. Tyler. Poor Tyler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like you know, like like you like I mean Steve made a good point. You're talking about. You know, th- this team just kind of ran out of, like, no ran- luck ran out. You can see their steam ran out, especially, you know, now that Tyler Stevenson's gone to the IL and, I guess, is back off it, whatever that whole thing was. Um, if you go around the horn, one position this year didn't have IL time, and that was second base. Like, Joey was out, you know. Like, the 36 shortstops were out. Third base with Moose, you know, Winker, Castellanos, Senzel, Naquin, Shogo, like, you know, and obviously Lorenzen, you can go down the list, just all these injuries these guys had. So I definitely feel like that played a part. Um, It was definitely impressive that they were to play so well dealing with this year in and year out. I mean, a week in and week out and kind of going through the flow. But yeah, I think so at some and Carlos, you know, you've been on pro teams, like at some point the injury bug when it just stacks like that just catches up, right? Just kind of bites you in the ass at that point.
1: Yeah. I mean, you had a a bunch of different guys, you know, picking each other up all year long. And it's just, to me, what really sticks out is those games in April and May that we lost from the bullpen. Like those games matter just as much. Like I heard those guys talking last night on MLB network and um, they were talking about the Tigers and how well they've been doing, but they lost the season in April and like they you can lose it in April. That's real. Like, and it sucks that we didn't have, you know, the bullpen arms that we have now at the beginning of the year, because this, even with this struggle, this race would have been still ours to take right now, but it is what it is. And we're four fixing to be four and a half games back.
3: This this team's margin for error was small. And and we, we mentioned it, you know, on our, day before the season started podcast, you know, th- this team needed things to go right. And it, it's such a weird year because there's so many things that went so right and so many things that went so wrong. I'd never seen a season where you had so much of both, like, like a steal for two months, Suarez and Mustakis, all the position player injuries, but I don't I don't think injuries, you know, I'm pretty optimistic. But I don't think injuries can be a complete excuse because the Reds sure. really, got very fortunate with their starting pitching most other teams didn't have the kind of starting pitching health that the reds had and jesse winker has been hurt every single year he's been up so that you know i i get it's kind of a double-edged sword because what are we talking about in april we have too many outfielders so yeah. it's hard to really like be like blame him. you didn't have enough outfield depth and we were all like
0: oh where are we gonna play all these guys you know not to mention the, like, when Mike Moussakis comes back, how are you going to throw all these infielders in? Never, never, ever, ever worry about having too
3: many players. Never again. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. I will never listen to it. You're wrong. You
2: and can't you know, have too many. And, you know, part of the the frustration with that is – when you go back all the way back to the beginning and Carlos is absolutely right. There's teams that lose their, they lose the whole season in April, the reds in 2019 are a great example of that. But if you go back to the last off season and what we were all talking about, you guys were talking about it. I was talking about it. Everybody was talking about it. This team needs a shortstop. This team needs a bullpen now. And, and we, we don't have to get into Kirby's love of Kyle Farmer and all of those things. We can blow right past that. But for the bullpen, the bullpen has always been in the conversation and I Outside of the disappointment that Amir Garrett season was and what we expected from him, uh, the bullpen has been called into question since day one and and it was not addressed. It was not dealt with. It wasn't dealt with last offseason in spring training early on when they were really bad, when it was clear that there was going to need to be something done. Nothing was done. And the whole time Nick Craw had his feet up on his desk right up until the trade deadline thinking that he's got his guys and there was nothing else to be done. And I think that lack of urgency from the front office and from ownership all the way back into the last off season really is showing itself right now. You want to know why the team is collapsing right now. They're worn out. They're tired. They're they're injuries. That's everybody. Nick's absolutely right. You can't just rely on that, but the, the, few limited amount of people that could have put them into a better position to deal with the fatigue and the injuries and everything else that happens in a 162 game season, they all fell down on the job. And so, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily blame the players or think that they collapsed air quotes, quote unquote, because I don't feel that they have been put in the best position to win at all this season.
0: I see what you're saying. And like I don't necessarily think you're wrong by any means. I think you make good points. Because, you know, like you talk about, like, um, I'm not going to point fingers by any means. But, like, you look at a guy like Michael Gibbons. If you look at a team that was built to win, Michael Gibbons comes in as just someone who's – and this is not a knock on Gibbons. You can't help a guy is not more than what he is. It's just how it goes. But, like, you know, a team like – you know, let's say the Giants want to get Michael Gibbons is another reliever for them. You know, you put him in their – you put him in their bullpen. He's there to get some outs when needed for the Reds, he had to be, like, big inning guy, need to use you in big situations, that's where the bullpen was, um, and obviously, that did work out to an extent, I think he pitched fairly well, I mean, Luis Sessa, like, we've talked about week in, week out, he has been fantastic, he has been awesome, um, so, but yeah, like you said, Steve, I, I totally agree with your point, when you're going from guys like, well, oh, I really hope Carson Fulmer can get these outs tonight, to, like, you know, Michael Gibbons being, like, what had to be basically the savior of the bullpen, like, it's a. It just was really difficult to go with in and out. The waiver wire boys, as Carlos is putting it, just made it really, really difficult. I,
3: yeah, I do. I do disagree a little bit on at least the second half of the season. Um, I'm especially now. I'm really glad the Reds didn't go um, blow up their uh, farm system to get relievers. Um, look, Craig Kimbrell has a five plus ERA since he's been yeah. traded. Relievers aren't guaranteed. They are, if we had see Trent Rosecrans, you know, a lot of times they're very volatile. Um, I think they did a great job addressing it at the deadline. Um, now, it, it, you know, a little bit too little too late. You know, the, the thing with the Reds was they needed their bullpen and they needed their shortstop position. They needed things to go right in both ends. Shortstop, it went pretty right. Kyle Farmer did not hold the team back. Overall, probably close to league average, which, hey, that's if that's your worst player, you know, that's a great thing. Um, but the bullpen didn't. And um, I was more optimistic about the bullpen coming into the season. I thought guys like Sinal like Perez had a lot of upside, and um, there just wasn't enough options. It, it's it, it's not an issue if you have one or two Senal Perez's or Carson Fulmer's in there that you think have upside when you have four, five, and six of them, that's when, when it really kills. Them. And then once the season started, you're pretty much stuck with those guys till the deadline. It's really, really hard to make moves once the season started. And um, I don't know how many wins that, that you know added or lost, but when you're at the end of the year and you know, you're four back, every single one or two of those really add up, especially if it was one game against the, the Cardinals or a team
1: you're chasing. Just say it was at least four games.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm a wins above replacement guy. You know, Glacius has worked like two and a half. The reds worst guys, like one, it, it doesn't good relievers blow games too, you know? So I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence on that. I mean, it definitely cost the reds. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I think playing guys, you know, I, I I've said this before. I think if I could have, if I could have picked from the beginning of the season, I would have traded for Chris Bryan at the trade deadline and dumped the Glacies at the beginning of the year. I think that equates to a better team at the end of the year, but whatever. You can't do anything about it now.
0: Yeah, just, like, being, like, where they're at now, where, like, they're four games out. And, you know, like, go further in Carlos's point. I hate to say, like, to do this, but it just makes me think it's, like, those damn Diamondbacks games, those damn Giants games, which the Giants obviously ended up being great but you're like man you know they like lose like five or six games to the diamondbacks and now they're four games out of the wild card race and it's obviously not just because of that but it's like god you have a couple of those like you get a couple of those games where your bullpen like loses like 10 to 9 it's like you know could change so many things for you at this point in the year
3: that, that diamondback series you had the josh Van meter three run home run to tie the yeah game. garrett <laughs> uh, lefty lefty like Josh Van Meter is one of the worst hitters in baseball against left-handed pitchers. It's a three-run home run to tie the game. Yeah. And you had the other one who had that rain rain game with Sims pitching in a monsoon. The Reds had the lead. They they, they tied it up. They lost the suspended game the next day. I mean, those two games, man. Like, and the Reds had some other games that really went their Absolutely. way. They had that game against the Indians where the Reds had that, that ball go right through uh, Josh buckner Naylor's feet. You know, like – it adds up, you know, it all, it all evens out a lot, but yeah, you can point to a lot of different things and you know, just what are you to do. Yeah,
0: Pain. So kind of like move forward because I know this, we're going to be talking about a lot of this tonight. Um, we'll definitely get into the bell extension throughout the night, but I kind of wanted to touch a little bit more. Thanks. getting my rundown up again, real quick. Um, so I think we're kind of all at the point of week, kind of feel like this is it, right? You know, I know you got the Nats coming up. You got a couple more Pirates games. Uh, four more Pirates games now after today got re- rained out. So do you guys give them any chance of maybe making this run or do you feel like it's signed, sealed, delivered?
1: I mean, the the player in me still believes in it because the math is still there. But the diehard fan in me is like, eesh even after tonight like i mean the cardinals lost tonight would have made us so much more happier <laughs> than we are yeah. right now but yeah what the hell scored. brewers i mean they have to do it like in the first inning like right away they don't even give us like to the third or fourth inning before they score the like,
3: brewers magic number to clinch the division was it's 3 been five
0: for day
1: and
3: they were playing the cardinals for four games and it looks like they're about to lose three straight at home when they could have clinched the division against the cardinals and like man just cardinals devil magic it is real uh, it yeah. is real i will never deny it again i'm sorry if i've ever doubted it it's real it's there <laughs> um but two to, is it over i mean last night felt like the end i mean it did. I, I didn't when the reds lost i didn't feel like that was when the it, that was the end when the when the cardinals won i feel like that was the end. it would have been it would have been really funny if if the reds lost and the cardinals the Cardinals lost to Everyone would be like, oh, it's still over. But no one would have thought the same way if the opposite would have happened and they still would have been the same amount of games back. But when that, that happened, I it felt like the end. Um, to give you some math, if anyone's interested, um, the odds are, I love to always equate odds to the NCAA tournament as a big college basketball fan. So the odds right now are the equivalent of a 15 seed beating a two um, or the equivalent of an eight seed reaching the elite eight. So, I mean, Uh, sure, it's possible. It happens once. This is where we've come to.
1: (laughs) Wow. In our podcast at the end of the year. Yeah. It's like a 15 seed being a two.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's going to be our new slogan. Late night red stock I love line. It. It's like a 15 seed beating a two. <laughs> can, can can Giddy
3: Potts suit up for the Reds? And probably no one understands that reference. Uh, he played for Middle Tennessee State. He was just sure this knows. just dude that, that beat. Me. I
0: covered a game he played in. I saw him play in person. You know
3: who Giddy is, my man. Yes, yes. I love Giddy Potts. This isn't the show for Giddy Potts. Sorry, we love you.
2: You know, I think I agree with kind of where Carlos was coming from on that one. It's just, as long as the math says that there's a chance, then you're saying there's a chance. There's there's a sli- slim window sliver of hope, but the realist in me says that it's just too great a challenge with a team that's just way too damaged at this point to really make that kind of push. Now, stranger things have happened. You know, it's not like we're playing the Dodgers the rest of the way. So, you know, there is some opportunity to gain some ground, But, you know, I said maybe a week ago that it was going to come down to that that final Pittsburgh series and they were going to need a sweep and they'll win two of three, something like that. Uh, I think they can still get close, but I think they're going to come up just short.
0: If the
3: Reds, if the Reds do happen to play well, I mean, I do think it'll get interesting. You know, I I think they might still be mathematically in it, you know, into the last weekend. I think the Cardinals are going to lose at some point. Um, I mean, that. How nuts is like? I don't think they had had a, more than an eight-game win streak since two thousand four. Like those teams with Albert Pujols and like
0: Lance Barkman and like
3: like I mean you can't feel sorry for the Reds. The Reds did this to themselves. Right. The Padres should have passed them or the Phillies. Not not this team with fifty-year-old Adam Wainwright and sixty-year-old John Lester and a hundred and thirty-year-old J. A. Happ. Like my
0: god, you're like baseball on man. The- you're leaning on Michaelis to be like huge for them. And it's like, I just, man, yeah. that rotation, how they trade John Gant to get better because he was so lucky for them. <laughs> the whole, like every time he pitched a game, he was so lucky Yeah, they trade him. It's like, now we're winning all the time. It's like, son of a bitch.
2: <laughs> it's just, yeah. everybody's scared to beat Yachty. That's the, that's the real answer.
0: But the Cardinals might have done them, done the Reds a favor by signing Yachty back because that's another year of a, you know, him being
3: unless
1: he's the keeper of the Cardinals double. I don't bag. know, man. <laughs> he might be the keeper.
2: Something. He might be.
1: There's something to Yachty being in that clubhouse and those guys like I love it whenever he's got like a young, like starting pitcher and he throws like three straight balls and he's like like you can see him like cussing at him, you know, figure the shit out throws it back the pitcher like scared as shit he gets back on there and throws the strike no matter where it is but it's gonna be a strike you know like those kind of things like I don't know I pick up on those as, as a pitcher just watching and like you can tell like you know those Venezuelan and Dominicans they'll let you know those catchers they don't give a damn who you are where you came from but if you start BSing and throwing balls and missing your your target by 12 inches you're gonna you're going to get a stare or you're going to get a ball thrown back at you 90 miles an hour like figure it out and Yadi does that and I love that about him
2: it's almost like that look your parents would give you is like don't don't make me come out there <laughs> yeah, don't yeah, make me come out there and you're like oh
1: shit maybe uh
3: <laughs> maybe Sino Perez and him can work together at Drive Line this off season that
1: would be yeah. <laughs>
0: <Too soon. laughs>
2: We're getting,
1: there. we're getting there oh my Either goodness that we need to get like tyler stevenson to get a like nice neck tattoo and a... <laughs> <laughs> he'll be that guy next year
3: <laughs> i don't know if that would be tyler's look i'm a big tyler guy i don't i don't know <laughs> if you can pull that off
0: yeah i was kind of wondering if the cardinals were going to bring in felix hernandez because he also has a neck tattoo and he was also way past his prime i was wondering if he was going to end up there at some point i'm glad I he didn't
1: well at great american ballpark <laughs>
0: Yeah, he's one of my like, all-time favorite pitchers, so I'm so glad I didn't have to root against him. So,
3: yeah. Yeah, I'm convinced I'm Chris Carpenter is going to come out of retirement and pitch the World game for them.
0: Well, it's like you remember last thing I was like, man, I was like, it didn't happen, thank God. But I was like, you know, Albert Pujols probably his last trip ever to GABP. I was like, he's going to do something, and thankfully he didn't really do much. It's,
1: so it's going like, to be St. Louis versus the White Sox in the World Series. Tony Russa is <laughs> going to win either way. It's going to be terrible.
0: You might, yeah. I guess the White Sox might, if the Reds don't make it, they might be the team I actually roof for to win it all, except for the fact that it's LaRusa. That's the one thing I don't like about them. And It's so funny because my buddies are White Sox fans and they're like, I love our team. We have fun dudes. We've got Lou Bob, we've got Tim Anderson. They're like, I hate
1: Tony LaRusa. Hate him. But yeah, I think Maybe everybody he's got some... does. Like, their team definitely does. The fans definitely hate him. Like, I think we're all like, you can go for the White Sox because nobody likes Tony La Russa, not even his own team. So <laughs> maybe they've got some
3: devil magic too. I mean, the the Cleveland's in second; they're two games under 500. Like,
0: what what is going on, man? Cardinals and La Russa? in the playoffs. Billy Hamilton is going to have his Billy Bates moment. He is one hundred percent going to. Steve's like, I know exactly what you are referencing. <laughs> yeah man god so let's kind of talk about the news today folks um if you're a reds fan and you've probably tweeted about this good or bad given your opinion but uh david bell has been announced his two-year he's got he announced his two-year extension not the club not like any media members he walked into his presser after the game was postponed and was like by the way i signed back he also said in his conversation that he expects that we will be having the his coaching staff back, so Derek Johnson does still stay with the Reds. Um, again, I I, I don't know why people are really mad about that part. I, you know, I'm all for it. Um, so curious as his thoughts. and like you know, I we've been pretty supportive of David Bell. I don't think he's been perfect, but I think with the hand he was dealt, he's done pretty well.
3: Yeah, I mean, they're projected to win 79 games. They're at 78 with 10 left. Uh, you're putting anything on him, you know, other than, you know, maybe some decisions here and there. I, I, man, I think that's pretty pretty misguided, you know. Um, the timing of this was really weird. That was weird. I mean, ultimately, the decision's what I wanted. I definitely wanted Derek Johnson back. Um, I do not think David Bell has had a good last month. Been a lot of really bizarre things. Again, they're... There's always things we don't know. So I try as much as possible to reserve judgment. Like I look stupid on Monday when I was like, why isn't he playing Stevenson against a lefty and put on the IL, you know? So there's always things we don't know. Um, Generally, I think most of his decisions uh, uh, come from well thought out, well-prepared, well-researched. They're not just gut instincts, which is the last thing I want out of a Reds manager. And you can probably guess who would, play it would manage with their guts that i wouldn't want to be the reds manager um so yeah i am thrilled he's back um i think that's a good sign overall for hopefully the reds approach to 2022 um it wouldn't seem i don't want to you know put anything definite out there wouldn't seem that you bring david bell back if you're looking to completely you know make big massive trades and um Um, blow the team up or anything like that. Not that I didn't really think that was going to happen, but I think that's kind of some people's worst fears and nightmares that have come out. But I think it's a good sign for, for what the Reds, you know, hopeful plans are. They're not going to do as much as everyone wants to prepare for 2022, but I think it's a good sign overall. What at least the thought process is going to be for threads, hopefully trying to, you know, compete, you know, better in 2022. Go ahead,
0: Steve.
2: (laughs) Well, first off, I need to get some of, of Nick's optimistic Kool-Aid or whatever it is he's got going because
0: it's I, contagious.
2: I I I want to absorb some of that because I'll tell you what, I'm I am I'm glad that they extended Bell. And I do think it's very, very peculiar how this all played out today with there being no press conference or, or even a press release from the team. It's just it's David saying, Hey, by the way, um, the reason above all that I like the signing is I have zero faith in this front office. I have zero faith in this ownership group, and I have absolutely no faith in their ability to conduct the next managerial search and not screw it up royally. Um, with this coming on the heels of the stuff that happened with Kyle Bodie and, and Gilly last week, I, I just, I'm glad that they're at least keeping David Bell in place. Now, the, the fact that he said that his coaching staff is going to be back uh, actually surprised me a little bit because uh, with those changes last week, I, I was having a hard time seeing how Derek Johnson would be comfortable hanging around if they're going to go a new direction in player development because the old direction, he played a large part in formulating, Uh, that wasn't just something he dropped into you know he had a very active role in determining that player development from top to bottom in the minor leagues amongst the pitchers so it's really surprising to me uh that it was framed that the coaching staff's going to be back now I, i guess maybe i'll i'll stick a little i'll believe it when i see it on there that that's actually what happens but uh if it does happen then that's just better for the reds um I don't know if I agree completely with Nick that this means that it's not going to be as, as bad as we have imagined in the offseason because you know remember they tried to move Castillo last offseason they tried to move Gray last offseason uh, and there's nothing that says they're not going to try and do that again uh, you know I think they're going to use the the statement of green and Lodolo are coming. We have to make room. We can cut money here and spend money there, but we all see how that works out a lot. And so I just, when we're talking about the front office and what they're going to do, I, I don't have a lot of faith or hope that they're going to deliver on anything but as far as bell goes he deserves the extension he should get some votes for manager of the year he has he has kept this team plugging along uh, through stretches that it shouldn't have been pl- plugging along and, and i'm glad to see him back
1: yeah i mean we've said it all, all year long we're uh, we're supporters of, of david bell here um i agree with nick you know we've had conversations via text on you know some some managerial decisions here in september you know bullpen whether it's a lineup like you know and it's not like we're doing it after the fact after something's happened it's before it's happened or as it's happening so kind of puzzling and you could even hear last night you know whenever they brought in wilson like nobody wanted to answer the question of you know john asked sam and sam was like uh barry like just (laughs) Like, cause they like, <laughs> why is he coming in the game? Whenever Santian's thrown twelve pitches and struck out seven guys, like, well, what's going on? But you know, that was just one small example. But I mean, I'm glad he's back. I know for a fact that you know his his uh, his team really respects him. He makes tough decisions. You know, benching a future Hall of Famer is not an easy thing to do. You know, basically, you know, benching. Suarez and Moose at the same time while they're still active that takes a lot um, to keep Kyle Farmer there that's that takes a lot like you know he's he's got a set on him and, and you know he'll stick to it and you can see in that you know that Sports Illustrated that article that came out today about you know Joey coming to his room and Joey begging for him not to take him out of the lineup and Joey was pissed but he's he stuck to it and you know here we are at you know Joey's 33 homers deep or whatever he is right now. And, you know, part of that is, is to David Bell, you know, I was kind of one of the guys saying, you know, Joey's turnaround had nothing to do with David Bell, you know, and that benching and I was wrong, you know, having conversations with, with Joey. And he's like, yeah, I mean, it it totally changed my total mindset on, on what I was doing. And I said, you know what, I'm going to start getting benched. Let's make a change. I'm going to go down swinging and that's what he's doing. And so, you know, decisions like that is what really makes you respect the manager. And if the players do, then we shouldn't worry about it. You know, like, I don't really think this is much of a, a topic. The timing of it is really odd, and, and it was planned out. There's no way that they said, you know, we're going to, you know, let Bodie go, and then we're not going to ease it over with signing Bell to an extension. That was thought out because that would probably be, you know, one of the lead topics of our conversation tonight is what they did with Bodie. Um, but now, you know, we shifted over. Well, at least Bell's back. And that that's kind of hiding hiding some of the pain right there.
0: Yeah, I think um, yeah, Bodie and Gilly both being, you know, leaving is definitely surprising. Um, I will say that as much as I hate that Bodhi's not in the organization anymore, I've loved how much more he's shared with us on Twitter since he's become since he's left the organization and like what they worked on and who he pushed and who like who bought into his ideas and stuff like I've really enjoyed that and like seeing that just as like someone who loves sports information I've dug it. Yeah, and do I wish what's, he was still working for the Reds? But yes, but
1: what's funny is was my first thought was whenever he started going back on Twitter was it's going to be hilarious because the a lot of these Reds minor leaguers and even big leaguers are going to go to him in the offseason They're going to work yeah. with him for sure. Yeah. yeah
3: so, sorry, ahead, Nick. I'm sorry. No, I was. I was just gonna one more, you know, thing on Bell before we move too far into to Bodie and how much to go to that discussion. But um, I think everyone wants a, a lot of people want a football coach in baseball, and that doesn't work. You know, you don't you don't need a raw raw guy in 162 game season. And I think generally David Bell's approach is the best approach for a manager. And it's fine. I know. And I going to agree with that. that. That's my take on it. But as Carlos said, the players respect him even more. So I think, you know, Joey Votto respects him, which uh, I don't think that's an easy thing to earn. Right. Um, and, and I think they, they genuinely want to play hard for him and they, they genuinely care about him. And, you know, I, I think that's the kind of approach you, you really need over a, a one sixty two. you know, even sometimes more than the individual tiny little moves that really don't move the needle, you know, one way or the other. And Stevie, I'm going to give you a little Kool-Aid here. It's, it's some real Kool-Aid. So, uh, you know, maybe one positive Derek Johnson had to, it was, we're assuming Derek Johnson is coming back. We're taking what was said at face value. So if that comes back, don't say Nick. you know, I'm just taking what was said. Um, Derek Johnson, I'm assuming, knows what went on there, right? And right. he came back. So I, I take that for what it is. I, I want to wait and see how all this is going to play out. And, you know, b- before really cast full judgment, you know, one way or the other. The one thing I do know is there's not one way to develop pitchers. You know, I think Bodie's results speak for themselves. They've, they've worked really well but the Brewers have also done pretty well and they use a totally different method. So, you know, there isn't one way to go about this. Um, and, and I'm interested to see, it's going to be a very, very, very interesting off
0: season.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. And, 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 and don't get me wrong. Uh, the fact that it sounds like, Derek Johnson's coming back. This is, I'm thrilled with that. I, I really want to keep this coaching staff intact because I think that they are, you know, impacting the team in a positive way. And, you know, it's good to hear, you know, some of the insight that, that Carlos brings about how the players feel about David Bell and how they feel about these guys around. And, you know, I mean, obviously they say things in interviews, but, you know, what you get in interviews and what you get behind the scenes can sometimes be two very different things. So it, it's really good to hear that, you know, those things, those things match up. Uh, as far as, as this offseason goes, and this is going to be one of the... <laughs> most wild off seasons I think <laughs> that we've seen in baseball in a long long time between no just idea. what no th- what this what this front office is, is gonna have to deal with plus what major league baseball as a whole is gonna have to deal with with the CBA I mean it, it it could be Armageddon by the time this whole thing's over I mean I really have no idea what we're gonna get. Yeah I keep forgetting about the CBA
3: <sighs> yeah last it's thing we need. And one more thing so like like David Bell coming back look David Bell as much as we love him, he's probably not going to go get another job tomorrow. If, if the Reds didn't resign him, that's just the nature of, of managers. If you, you know, there's not a lot of second lives for, for, for managers that, that, you know, didn't have any experience that come up and, you know, you know, but that's not the case with Derek Johnson. He would get picked up tomorrow by a handful of teams. A lot Mm -hmm. of teams would, there'd be teams that would fire their current pitching coach to, to hire Derek Johnson. So him coming back, that that at least you know you can breathe a little bit, okay? Yeah. There's something something there's some good mojo here, and I'm gonna ride that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like it. Um, I guess we'll touch on it real quick. I don't think we have to deep dive by any means. Well, we already mentioned it, Bodie and Gilly both now being at the organization, and I know a lot of people are freaking out about that because of the success we've seen from all these minor league pitchers and these guys who have really bought into his. I guess, quote unquote, methods. And Carlos made the point of like these guys are already comfortable with him. So come the offseason when they're doing, when they're like throwing in winter ball or you know their winter camps, whatever they're doing, they're getting like, getting ready for the season. He's probably going to be around those guys. And I think that that's still going to pay, pay dividends. Um, you know, we have seen this, you know, we've seen a lot of these numbers for these minor league pitchers. We've been really impressed. Um, the kid that got called up today, forgive me, excuse my ignorance. I should remember his name. It slipped my mind. But like, was like having a phenomenal year between double A AA and triple A. Um, Darrell More,
2: Moretta, Moretta, Morita, Moretta, Moretta.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Steve. Um, and you know, he's had a phenomenal year between double A AA and triple A. And I think you're starting to see, you've seen a lot of these guys have that kind of year. Um, so, yeah, I'm with Carlos. Like, I know a lot of people are freaking out about it because it just seems like it's doomsday. And I know Nick Crawl in his press search today said they're not moving away from data decisions. Whatever that means, uh, we don't really know. But I know it's like it's definitely a hot button. People are like, you know, talking about on the Reds Twitter fan, it's what Red subreddit right now. Please never
3: listen to a word that Nick crawl or David Bell say in an interview because everything <laughs> right. they say is completely pointless. And it goes for pretty much most general managers and managers. Nick crawl maybe a little more. He's definitely that is not his strength. I hope his strengths are really really good other places just don't listen to a word they say it's it's pointless they're you know a lot of times they're saying things that they don't want to give out information and and it's for good reason you know sometimes it's just you know bad communication but just just don't listen to it it's it it, do yourself a favor just tune it out don't listen to it i like it
0: anyone else want to comment for removing the next topics yeah
3: I do have a question for Carlos on 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 Bodie as 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 our resident expert. Um, something I saw a lot speculated on, and I have no idea. Do you think there could have been a disconnect between some of the Reds' top arms, Ladolo and Green, and um, their development? Maybe pushing them too hard or not hard enough, and something like that could have been a major reason for this.
1: Um, no, not with with the success that the entire, you know, farm system has had, if it's, you know, some of the top guys that don't want to do that, they're not going to do it. They're not going to make them do it. If they're a first rounder, second rounder, if you're, you know, green or Ladolo, do whatever you want. We're gonna like, we're gonna suggest stuff. That if you say, no, I'm not going to do that, guess what? You're still going to get moved up. You're still going to be given all the chances in the world. So those guys don't really have a say. It's kind of what they do with everybody else. That's what makes it so puzzling because everybody else has been really successful. And the numbers speak for themselves. That's why, yeah, I mean, the top prospects, you know, if, if they would have gotten injured, both of them, because of the training that, you know, Bodhi does, then yes, then he would have been gone with just those two guys getting hurt but as far as them not wanting to do something no no way they do whatever they want interesting
3: it's a little easier to be more aggressive with your 10th round pick and their plan than that your first and second round pick is that what you're saying absolutely
1: <laughs> yeah
2: you know I think yeah. okay. it was like I think...
1: whenever, whenever um Homer whenever he he came to Chattanooga and we were there you know like they didn't mess with him like homer was throwing his bullpen the bullpen coaches they're just like <laughs> clicking the counter taking a little note and even whenever, Je- whenever mac jenkins would come in he'd be like oh nice looking <laughs> real sharp looking sexy Ooh, got some pop on it like no instruction <laughs> at all and it's like like I'm like oh uh, what what are y'all doing and like they're spending their time like talking to like you know, mid to low tier prospects, you know, and helping them out and trying to make adjustments with them. But with the head guys, they don't want to miss with them because that will cost them their job. If they give them one bit of, you know, Hey, maybe try this slider a little tighter and they tap, they snap that arm. Your ass is gone real quick. That's
3: awesome. Yeah. I, I love, love that perspective. That's really. yeah. The great. Yeah.
2: You know, I think another element of this and the reason that people are, are, I don't know if "freaking out" the right term, but really paying attention to, to what happened this week. Uh, number one is it's you know it's it's fairly high profile in it being Kyle Bodie and Driveline and all of those connections and and the the MVP machine hype that came along with some of some of what's gone on. And the other part of it, I think, is that you know you're talking about an organization that really has not had a lot of successes. In the last two decades uh, there's not a lot to point at and hang your hat on and here we had a moment where there was some real a, a, a real bright spot there was some real hope there was a place that you can point and you see look at the difference that's being made and that's going to pay dividends on the major league field in one two three five ten years because we're now developing these guys that are going to come up and be productive major leaguers and then to just all of a sudden blow that up and and whatever the reasoning is behind that and whatever whatever the front office is not telling us, in the absence of them providing information, people are going to fill the gaps in themselves. And and whether they're filling it in with realistic scenarios or or, or creating drama in their head, whatever it is, uh, it's still very puzzling for an organization that has not had success. And I think that, you know, if you had been in the postseason for the last four years or you'd won a World <laughs> Series, that people wouldn't be reacting the way that they are. It would just be an organization making a tweak, trying to do something different. But in this case, without a lot of positivity to point at, you know, it's, it's extra concerning.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I do. Um, yeah, I know, too, The kind of the big thing here, I guess now. So with Nick Kroll's Zoom presser he did today. They asked about the status of his contract and he said that more or less just that he wasn't discussing it. So like, you know, like Nick, like you said earlier, Nick, like just take everything with a grain of salt with, the, with what they're saying. And
3: I don't know. It's going to be a really interesting off season, you know, for Nick Kroll. You know, I I really, I'm rooting for the guy. I hope he does well. Um, of course. It's, it's been an interesting year for him because I feel like everyone really turned on him really quick um going into the year it was oh nick roll, his hands are tied none of this is his fault and then the reds don't play well and it's all his fault and i'm not saying he's goes without any blame because i i think there's definitely things that that you know he could have done um um differently um the fact that Not necessarily that they didn't get Adamas, but there was a report that they weren't even interested. That was probably the most concerning thing I heard all year was that they weren't even trying. Um, I don't necessarily think the teams matched up well because the Rays were looking for pitching. But the fact that there was no discussion at that time, that was concerning. But um, this is an interesting offseason for him. And, um, you know, he's got – the Reds have a very – and this will be something we discuss all offseason, so I don't want to, you know – dive into far, but there's a lot of really really good pieces but they have a lot of pieces that don't fit and how do you make it work you know reds have 50,000 third baseman um and and not a true center fielder um the reds something that hasn't been discussed enough is how bad the reds defense has been all year and um that has really hurt the team and cardinals devil magic aside they are the best defensive team in baseball And that adds up a lot over 162. It doesn't, you don't see it as much every night, but it it adds up. And I think that's an area I'd really like to see the Reds improve in um, is finding guys that can, you know, do a little bit of both. You know, you're going to have your Jesse Winkers of the world that are just there to mash and you accept the defense, but you can't have four and five of those. And that's, how is he going to make all these pieces fit? Because, Reds have so much talent, man. They have a, they have a loaded roster going into 2022. It's just, it's how do you maximize that and and fit guys and, and move guys and, and, and get better upgrades that, that fit your team better.
0: Yeah, I know. I've already seen 45 things. of like, why don't we to shift for Keto Marte? And it's like, can we get to the end of the season first? Like,
3: <laughs> I'm on the Chris Taylor free agent train. That's my new one. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Well, it's like, uh,
0: what was it like? So like when we started the show, it was like the second or third week of the season. And like someone I'd seen, like Nick, like an old tweet, he sent me in like 2016 where he was like, I really think the Reds should trade for Tyler Naquin and get him from Cleveland. So sure enough, I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Like. Let's
3: focus on that. And not that I said, the Cardinals weren't a threat this year. Let's just, let's focus completely on that.
0: Uh, Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> all right so kind of talk a few about the few guys as far as like what the season's kind of gone through um you know we've obviously seen the swords research as we talked about it last week with ryan um just kind of seeing him jump up and kind of make some moves and kind of like finding a little bit of confidence here at the end of the year kind of similar not the extreme measure by any means not comparing it but it's similar to what joey kind of found last year after he had this, that few day that few day benching that was discussed earlier um does that kind of give you guys a little bit more confidence going into what moving forward with him or what do you do you think like are you counting on you know maybe not another mark reynolds season like i joked last week but maybe some more co- maybe seeing a little bit of that a eugenio suarez swagger comeback? can't be worse no it can't be worse
3: just one of moose moose and suarez have a good off season and and and, and come back next year and fill third base and play well just one of you please or or you know both of you you know one of you f- figure out how to mash lefties the other one figure out how to mash righties and we'll have a uh, really expensive third base platoon but if it produces you know so be they- it. and I, I wonder if you know you know i wonder if one of those guys gets moved it, it doesn't make a lot of sense unless it just fits right and you know maybe it's a move where you you um um, you know, cut some salary and you you're able to reallocate it you know, maybe not I don't think it'd be like a face value move um, but there might be some creative ways and that's that's where where're where Nick Carls really got to earn his earn his stripes this this off season
2: the the fan in me the you know down in my heart for this team, I want a eugenio Suarez to just come roaring back and and be that guy. I still you know have these nagging doubts in my head if he's if if there's something going on with him that we just don't know that 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 shoulder was more wrecked than than anybody ever really let on if if that's contributed from the pool injury to now he's been a completely different player and and you know there's just there's just deep down me hoping that 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 he comes back and, and can be close to what he was before before he hurt that shoulder. Uh, you know, as far as Mustakis goes, I just, I can't come up with a scenario where the Reds are able to move him uh, between his contract and his age and his performance. I just, I mean, even if they're willing to eat some of the salary, I just, I can't see it. I can't see them finding a match for that. So, you know, as far as those, the, those two specifically go, uh, you know, I, I I agree with you, Nick. We just have to hope that one or both of them figure out to become a, a really expensive platoon scenario or that Gino comes roaring back. Cause that's really what I want to happen. I really just want him out there with that smile and that swagger, you know, mashing 40 bombs. That would make me very happy.
1: Yeah, me too. Wow. <laughs> oh man, Gino, Gino mashing is, is the best form of the reds. <laughs> yes, it is. I'll, yes, I'll it is. I me some Joey, but when Gino's hot, usually somebody else is going to. And I mean, it's just a a beautiful thing to watch. Hopefully he comes back. Like the whole shoulder thing is so puzzling because, you know, even Barry Larkin, I mean, Barry Larkin has some, no, you know, he's going to know if somebody's injured and he's brought it up several times throughout the year about that shoulder, how he's saying he wonders how it's bothering him. But, you know, I see he's like, some of the hacks that he takes sometimes. And I'm like, there's not even a grimace. There's not even a slight grimace. So it's so puzzling. I don't know. Like, I have no idea, no insight on that. I wouldn't ask for it, but it's just, it's so odd, you know, how that injury happened. And then all of a sudden it's just a uphill battle, but hopefully this September is the spark that he needs and the confidence that he needs going into the off season. And uh, we'll see, hopefully we'll see you next, next April, instead of a, some sort of delay in the season.
0: I know. I know. CBA, baby. (laughs) Yeah, that's the first thing. Will we have a season? That's that's step one.
1: Yeah. I I bet you the players are going to be like, just we can't take another half a season check. Just let's. Yes. Okay. They're going to lay down like the NFL players. But yeah, whatever. You can have it. I need that full check.
0: You know, like with a twenty-five of years, teams it,
1: make the playoffs, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: 2012, when the NBA had their lockout, like it was like boring, but it was also kind of awesome because all those guys were like doing like pay-per-view, like pickup games where like LeBron and like Durant were playing together. Like it was kind of fun, but I never yeah. want to go through that ever again. You can't really have pickup baseball games.
3: Yeah, but we, we had COVID and we, we had enough of those fun yeah. little things to last a lifetime.
0: <laughs> We People get, were betting but, on like video games. I was like, "What world do we live in now?" No, never again, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
0: Help, Steve. You're here. Let's have some fun. Let's talk about some Joey stuff. So obviously, you know, the Sports Illustrated article comes out today, talking about why he's still playing, and I thought it was awesome. It was such a, it was a really good article, and I wanted actually talk to you guys about this this week before <coughs> the article even came out today. Obviously, you hit one again the other night as Carlos pointed out, gave us two the other night. You're right, Nick. Thank you. Just gave a shout to Omar from the wire. Rest in peace, Michael K. Williams. That was so dope. It's definitely my next show on my watch list. My wife's pushing for the Sopranos, but I'm going with the wire. Um, And then, you know, we're at 33 now. He's four away from his career high. And I think the biggest thing people are looking at now as he just turned 38 and noticing he still has two full seasons left on this contract. He is 61 home runs behind
2: Johnny Bench. Can he do it i, I think he it? can i think he can do it but but here's he the thing too. and i and i and i tweeted about this either today or yesterday uh with jason linden because you know if if ever there's a person that will keep you informed on joey Votto, it's jason linden and he was talking uh, you know about that very thing and you know i tweeted back is i think he can do it but there's a part of me that that's getting louder, a thought process in my head that is it wouldn't hurt my feelings at this point if Joey found a way to go someplace else and win. And 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 that's sad for me because you know, it has been it has been a a, a rare, you know, a rare treat to watch a player like Vado play his entire career in Cincinnati and do the things that he's done. And 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 we may never we may not see that again a long, long time or ever, but you know, if, if there's a guy playing right now that deserves an opportunity to, to go win it's Joey Votto. And I know that he said publicly that, you know, he's not, he may not necessarily be interested in that, but you know, the guy deserves it. And if, and if, and if this Reds team's not going to give it to him, I want him to go somewhere where he can get it. That's, that's just kind of where I'm saying, but if I have never, ever, ever doubted Joey Votto, And can he, can he pass Johnny bench? Absolutely. He can pass Johnny bench. If he's here for those two years, he can pass Johnny bench.
1: Yeah. And so what I'm about to say is not coming is no direct quotes. It's none of that. It's just, you know, knowing him, talking with him, you know, just close conversations. And we know what I feel like, I know a lot of the way that he thinks. So those, whatever home 61 home runs, what did you say? 61. 61 behind yeah like now that he wants to just hit homers that's in his mind so he'll never probably say it he'll probably never even say it to me but he's gonna go after that number and and if he's healthy I think he's gonna get it and I don't I don't think Joey would want to go anywhere else even if it meant a good opportunity to win a world series because it means so much to him whenever he talks about the city and what he wants to bring to them is genuine. It's not like, Hey, yeah, of course, I'm going to say, I want to be with this team for the rest of my contract, the rest of my season. It's genuine. He loves it there. He grew up there. He became a man there. You know, he's coming to the end of his career. Like he owes everything to the town and he wants to do nothing but bring it back, bring a title back there. And, um, my thing is I'm thinking, three years from now when he's got that option whenever he's playing pretty well and is the front office going to be like no we don't want to pay someone you know whatever they have to pay him x amount of money and he wants to come back i'm like oh shit now what like because i don't think joey's going to stop playing in two years after this year like i mean it's a different breed of of athletes now i mean you see tom brady and you see all these other guys like he looks pretty damn good for being 38 years old. Yeah. Like, he doesn't look like he's only has two for years sure. left. Like, he doesn't look anything like Miguel Cabrera. He doesn't look anything like Albert Pujols. And, I mean, this guy, you can see it in his physical stature. He dedicates his entire life. Everything that he does revolves around the game of baseball. And he wants to continue his career. And hopefully it's, it's with the Reds all the way through. Yeah, this is the guy
0: that roots for the Toronto Raptors. Who, when they won the title, got Kawhi Leonard, and he still said he didn't think Kawhi Leonard should have left the Spurs, even though he won a title for his favorite team. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and 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 I and I to, and I, you know, to Carlos's point, and I, I believe you know the things I've heard Joy say about not wanting to leave the city. I believe those things. I don't think that that's yeah. just lip service. I believe those things. But the 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 fan in me that has enjoyed so much of his career and, and seeing what he's brought to the team and to the city. And, 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 and when I say to the city, you know, we're talking about the youth sports, the things that he does, the stuff he does behind the scenes and tries not to take credit for all of those things. He brought so much, you know, the, the fan in me, the person in me would just love for him to get a ring and however that has to happen. And, you know, I, you know, I want him to be here too, but I really want him to get a ring.
1: Yeah. If, if he got a ring, say with whatever, the blue jays, it would not mean half of much of what it mean would it meant to be to, to win one with the reds. Not even a little bit. He'd be like, Yeah, it was cool, but God, I bet it'd be better. Imagine if it was with the Reds. Like it would I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> Nick's got this like look on his face like he's
0: about to drop something on us.
3: Well, I do have a stat, but first off, the Reds are gonna be really, really damn good the next two years. So they got Really good starting pitching. They've got Jonathan India. They've got Tyler Stevenson. They've got Hunter Green. They've got Nick Lodolo. This is the place for Joey Votto. This is the place he's going to win a ring one of the next few years. Back to back I'll, rookie I'll, of I'll the years
1: next here. year. Barrero is he going to qualify as a rookie next year? I would still think.
0: technically yes, yeah, still under 130 at bats. David Barrero would not play
3: him. Um, back to back rookie <laughs> of the years, baby. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I do have a stat that something I've I've been tracking that I, I found interesting. I had a hard time finding it for everything. Uh Votto is 10 behind uh, Johnny Bench for the most extra base hits, 84 behind Pete Rose. And he's gonna I think he's definitely gonna break that. I do too. Um, mm-hmm. that is gonna be satisfying as hell for me when that yes, happens. It is. And I will be in.
1: How many extra base hits does he have this year, Joey?
3: Oh, they, for some reason they don't make this very easily available. No, I'm so on, annoyed with that. It's not on Baseball Reference on their their. Uh,
1: mm. but don't um, worry about it.
0: Go ahead, Tim. I'll get it. Yeah. While Nick's looking that up, uh, a couple more things here. So, you know, obviously, you know, now looking like we're looking at a situation where Moose Winker or ball out or out for the season. So that kind of sucks. Um, kind of looking forward, but. Wade Miley's had a pretty brutal month. Uh, Is that something where you guys kind of show some more concern? Do you feel like he's going to kind of get back in the shape for next season? Because he'll be a red next year. Like his contract stays unless they trade him, he'll be a member of the Reds organization.
2: They have to trade him? Really? That's not an option? What do you mean? I thought it was he had a $10 million. You're talking about Miley, right? Does he have an option? I I think he's a $10 million. I think it's a $10 million option. Is that. Yeah, he's yeah, got a, not yeah, he, has a,
3: he has a $10 million option. And the oh. Reds the Reds are, gonna track, pick damn that, you. Reds are gonna pick that up because Charlie Morton just signed a one-year $20 million deal. So even if for some reason the Reds don't feel like paying that, someone else will. Um I, I wouldn't be too worried about I would be very worried about his September stats for the rest of 2021 if you're you know still still hopeful for this season. Um, his career September stats are not good. Um, he has a pretty bad trend for, in September, um, but he, he's bounced back from that other years. I just think for whatever reason, either teams have seen him enough. He gets fatigued, whatever, probably a million reasons, but I think it's just more of just, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't last as, as long during the, the season.
1: Six-man rotation next year, baby.
3: Well, and, and he's a guy, we, we, we mentioned this before, He's a guy that I think would really, really fit that, like, Lorenzen hybrid when they kind of did, did that with him, where, you know, if, if you have five healthy starters, which that's an if a lot of years, you know, even with all the guys the Reds have, it feels like they have a lot. Remember the outfield situation. It's never as many as we think. Miley would be a great guy to have, all right, put in the rotation. If Green, Lodolo, Gutierrez, everyone's ready, everyone's hitting, we move him to the bullpen can't have too many good lefties in the bullpen um that could pitch multiple innings and he could kind of i think bounce back and forth maybe that helps preserve him he's done it before he did it last year and was pretty pretty successful so i think he'd be really really good in that role and he, he doesn't he doesn't need like as much time to warm up and everything as everyone else i think he's can roll out of bed and pitch i just i just feel like he'd be really really good in that role
1: yeah he's He's older, so you gotta save the bullets. He can only throw so many in the bullpen before before he goes out there. Now, so mm.
2: you know, Nick, you're the you're the guy that usually comes up with really creative pitching solutions. Uh, one of the things I thought about this rotation, you know, for next year, and obviously we're still this year, but just on this thought process with Miley, I would love to see them use him. You know, almost like a sixth starter, but maybe not quite with with those young arms in the rotation for the first time in their first major league season you know, maybe use Miley to skip them every so often. So rather than having Miley pitch out of the bullpen, you know, this week you're skipping Lodolo. Next week you're skipping Hunter Green. The third week you slot him in as a sixth starter. So he's still pitching pretty much in a rotation, but you're you're giving everybody a little bit of rest because what I see with Miley over his last few full seasons is he just runs out of gas in September. You know, he's not not a young man anymore. and And he gets in there, he deals, he deals quickly. And I think by September, he's just worn out a little bit. So I would love to see somebody get creative in a way that you can, you can maximize what all of those guys bring to the table. And I think that would be a great way if you're going to keep Miley around to really maximize what he brings.
3: I love, yeah. I love something. I love that. Yeah. Love something like that. I don't think the Reds have as many quality starting pitchers as everyone thinks right now. Um, um, If, if they, if they bro- they have seven seven guys right now, is that my, my counting everyone right? Seven guys that we would be considering goodyear Gutier- goodyear Gutierrez, yeah. Green, Ladolo, and then the four. So mm-hmm. number one, Gutierrez, the plan for Gutierrez should be to start the year in triple A. That's a great problem. If he's able to start the year in triple A because no one gets hurt, that's a great thing. Look at who the Dodgers have starting in triple A. Like they have well above average major league starters starting in triple A. And I don't think Vladimir Gutierrez is necessarily an above average starter. He's got upside. He's great, whatever, but plan should be if everyone's healthy, he starts in triple a, then you're down to six guys. How many years do, do the reds break camp with all five of their projected starters healthy? Never. It never happens. Every never year happens. someone gets hurt. So again, I don't think it's that many. I don't think it's an issue. Um, sure. Shop guys. If, if someone offers you the moon for Tyler Malley, he's got two years left. Say great. This this helps us. That's great. Someone offers the moon for Luis Castillo. That's great. Someone offers the moon for Sunny Gray. He's only got one year left. That's great. If not roll with it, you've got, have that be a, a, not just a strength, but a big strength. And I think that that goes a long way to, to, to help your team and you don't run out of depth because the Reds got really lucky this year with it. Not, not a guarantee next year, especially as, as Steve pointed out with, with two guys that are going to be, you know, we're, we're, planning on being the rotation that have never pitched in the big leagues.
1: How about, Mally on the road, Miley at home.
3: Malley is going to figure out how to pitch at home. He's going to figure out how to pitch at home.
0: Yeah, he'll only throw 20 pitches in the instead of 29.
3: That oh, gosh. My goodness. You guys hating on someone who's been so good at such a – I know. I was just smelling a joke,
1: Relax. Everybody else yeah. laughed but you.
3: I oh, respect the man. Yeah. Reds would, be, Reds would be really bad without Tyler Malley.
1: Here it we would go. Not be
0: anywhere anywhere. Yeah. This is what we're going to say next year when Nick Castellanos signs with someone else, Nandrew and McCutcheon, playing in the outfield for the Reds, and we all cry. How would you go there?
3: All right. Uh, 57 is how many extra base hits uh, Vado has this year. So what did I say? 80, 84? Is that what I said? 84. 84. 84 yeah. So yeah, he's going to break that. He's going to break that. That's going to be sweet. Nice. might break bench this year he only needs 10 10 and 10 games i mean that's
0: <laughs> the way he's been yeah i'm looking right now at the free agents for next year like the top ones not a great class not a great class like Granky, verlander scherzer jd martinez cueto Cueto's not going back people don't don't even start it
3: you're talking totally. just pitching not being
0: great yeah, pitching's not too too hot. And like hitting-wise, like Aaron is technically a free agent, but I imagine the Cardinals will sign him back. Um, Chris Bryant, I'm sure, is going to get some big money somewhere.
1: They're all yeah. going back to Chicago, those guys. They I'll got their prospects, you. and then they're all going to go back.
0: Tell you, depending how things shake out, would not hate Marcus Stroman pitching for the Reds. We don't need pitchers. That's how things shake out Nick. Uh, Listen yeah. to the conversation. Yeah, <laughs>
3: sure I guess if you could sign him and then trade a trade a trade one of your starters. I mean, yeah, that's a that's a good way to, you know, instead of trying to sign a position player, maybe trade for a position player, trade a pitcher, use that, you know, whatever.
2: It's it's been a long time since the Reds could deal from a position of strength. So yeah. if they have a bunch of guys and they don't necessarily need to move them but could move them, that'd be a great position to be in.
0: We yeah. thought we were going to be that way with the L field, and we saw how that went. So Never bank on
1: it. Yeah, never.
0: <laughs> God. What else you got? I don't know. Will, will Nixon Zell be a red next year? I highly doubt it. Does anyone else feel like you no. will No.
2: No. He will not. No, he, he, would, he, he needs a, a change of scenery trade more than anybody has needed a change of scenery trade in a long, long time. For sure.
0: Yeah, I'm curious what his value is at this point.
3: Not much. I have no idea what his value is at. I know. I mean, I think someone would give up something for him. I mean, he's a guy with a lot of upside. Can play multiple positions.
1: Uh, he'd there's be like a like lot the of teams that one of the starting pitchers, like, okay, you want Castillo and Senzel, then we're gonna get something back nice. Yeah, I think
3: yeah. he'd be he'd be That's a great yeah. second piece with someone else. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, maybe maybe you, you know, if the Reds are looking for a trade for a big bet, maybe like like the Marte that we've talked about, you know, maybe it's Senzel plus one of your 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 uh, higher end prospects and that kind of sweetens it. I don't know.
2: yeah Otherwise, it has to be, be- kind of like the otherwise it has to be like the Hoffman Bob Steve trade. You're kind of looking at a couple guys that both needed a change of scenery and here. We're yeah. just going to flip them and see what happens.
3: Yeah, I know. I say this and then I, you know, I say, well, you know, man, Chris Taylor would really fit in. You know who like Nickson's profiles as is like a Chris Taylor type player, you know, that's you have and he's cost controlled. So I, I don't know. It feels like he needs to change the scenery. I don't know. You don't don't give him away, you know. Right thank God for Jonathan India. That's all I have to say. You know, yeah, you never know, you, you never know, you know, and that's what, with Green and Lodolo, it's probably more likely than not that one of them turn out to be, you know, a good quality major league starter. And the other one probably doesn't. So we really should try to go in with those expectations. I know it's hard because we look at those guys and they are super talented, but the likelihood of, of, of the Reds, having two strikes Striking goal with both of them is is not super high. Maybe they will be the, the, the Woodruff and Burns. Let's hope, you know, Um, but that's, that's more the exception of the rule. So I would tamper expectations, especially in 2022 with those two.
0: Yeah. I completely agree with that. Um, yeah. So I think really, um, we've kind of touched on a whole lot of things. Did we get any questions at all from the socials this week?
3: We just got a yo and then we got a question about who we're rooting for in the postseason. I kind of want to save that. Uh, number one, I, I'm not ready to go there.
0: <laughs> I think I already said mine, but yeah, I'm not a ready yo, to go
3: yo. there and we can do that, you know, kind of go through it a little more when we get
2: we get closer.
3: Cool. Steve, I guess we can ask you who, who are you, who
0: are you? <laughs>
2: I'll, I'll, I'll be for whoever uh, is in the world series from the American league. I just don't have it in me to, to, root for the national league if it's not the reds. So, you know, too much in season hatred builds up, I guess for me, but, but, you know, I, I thought the white Sox was an interesting pick, uh, you know, as far as, as the national league goes, looking at it, uh, Whoever ultimately wins the West, you know, Giants, Dodgers, either one of those teams are going to be very, very, very difficult to beat outside of a one-game series. So the Dodgers in the wild card, that's probably the only chance you've got to get them. The rest of the way, you know, it's going it's to be one of those two guys, I think, Dodgers, Giants.
3: I'm rooting against the Brewers after the garbage they pulled the last three days.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: they
0: are. Yeah. Go Atlanta. Craig Council to will not be getting Christmas cards from Lane night Let's Talk black. Nope. <laughs> Disgraceful. Oh. Well, Steve, before we do wrap this up, man, uh, well, first off, I want to say thanks for joining us. Really enjoy having you. But for those who haven't listened, and if you haven't, you're really missing out. Tell the world about the Reds Alert podcast and where they can find you.
2: All right. Well, it's pretty much everywhere you can get a podcast. You can follow me on social media at S. Offenbaker. That's my handle. And the podcast is at Reds Alert pod. Uh, you know, we're kind of quirky in that we are based out in Hawaii. So, you know, we're, we're in the Pacific time zone you know you know riding the waves and enjoying the sunshine you know 365 days a year you know I was born in Ohio lifelong reds fan so I'm, I'm sitting out in the ocean uh, talking about the reds and 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 hoping to engage as many people as possible in conversation so uh, come check us out I love to get feedback I love the comments and the questions I love the social media stuff so uh, come give us a find and uh, talk some baseball with us
0: I love it well, man it was definitely awesome to have you on for the first time and it will definitely as we're putting our off-season plans together. We'll definitely make sure we get you on here a few times as well. But uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this week's edition of Late Night Reds Talk Live. Thank you all, as always, for tuning in and hanging out with us. I know we have one more week of regular season baseball uh, that we're excited to come back and talk about. So have a good night, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, five-star reviews mean so much to us. So take it easy, everybody.
3: Go Reds. hey you.